We're talking about the character traits of ADHD and how it shows up at the workplace. Sherry, I know you have some opinions about this and want to discuss some facts. So over to you, Sherry. Tell us what Mm. you think about all of this ADHD in the workplace. Mm, Thanks, Kathy. When we work with business function leaders uh, on this idea of building ADHD literacy, what they usually ask, Kathy, is how do I really know what the signs of true ADHD are versus societal ADHD. Since today we, we feel like we see distraction, et cetera, everywhere. But they want to know that so that they can respond more effectively. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, right, that around 8% of the world population has ADHD. They've had it since childhood, whether they're diagnosed or not. Uh, and most of them are not diagnosed or they're misdiagnosed. And in fact, as we get better and better at diagnosing kids, more adults realize that they have lived life with a brain that they haven't really understood and that they definitely couldn't explain to others. So that, (laughs) I think we all agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we we can agree, right? That when it comes to include inclusion of people in the workplace and we're thinking about the brain, um, everybody's unique. And everybody's got a different set of needs to, to feel engaged and valued and therefore to add, you know, to the, to the product of the organization. And by nobody's fault, because it's just conventional business instinct, neurotypical leaders often focus on getting just, you know, like immediate deadline met. Um, that can mean that in the moment, right, feels like everything's on fire, we redelegate the project to somebody else instead of being able to notice a recurring pattern, maybe something I could become curious about because this individual produces magic on some projects mm-hmm. and then drops out completely on others. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? That, that makes a whole lot of sense. And considering some of the facts that um, I've, I've been researching around adults with ADHD and, and looking at myself even, uh, the the fact is, most of the time they have issues with paperwork, prioritization, procrastination is big for them. Organizing and compartmentalizing problems can, can be a challenge. Uh, they may not seem to take deadlines so seriously uh, because it's too mm-hmm. far out for them. They're, they're looking for that instant just now, as opposed to you know your three month sales goals are this, so <laughs> go get it right. Uh, they, they, but they do work really well in collaborative settings, in brainstorming, and they also truly value feedback. They don't need that, uh, you know, supervisor to be on top of them all the time, but they do look for that feedback. Another mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed, and I was totally part of this, is, is <laughs> the impulsivity that comes in at work, especially in times of high stress. Or even when they're really passionate about something, blurting out ideas, you know, in meetings, taking over meetings, um, sending reactive emails as opposed to sitting back and managing <laughs> their emotions. So a lot mm. of that has to do with dopamine too. So can you talk about the dopamine side and how it affects mm. their brain? Yeah, yeah, I'm smiling because of you know all the all the good and honest that can come from that. And then all of the really like, like trouble <laughs> that can mm-hmm. come from that quick release of the email, you know, that you didn't wait on. So dopamine, people with ADHD have insufficient release and reloading of, of the one neurotransmitter that we all need in order to focus and use executive functions. And that's dopamine, like you said. 
And that's at this connection between neurons and networks. And that is literally how all those marvelous things about the the new brain, right? Not the uh, the lizard brain, but the new brain. That's that's how executive functions, like uh, prioritizing and decision making and uh, uh, planning. That's how those things are accessed. So that's that is what's essential. And and by the way, for ADDers, interest is when dopamine itself isn't doing the job, right? Interest mm-hmm. is what we need that stimulates it. So it's essential to make that neural transmission of dopamine happen. It's not about that I don't care. It's that what's happening in the brain um, needs to connect up in the same way it would in a neurotypical brain. So interest is what makes our ADHD brain's uh, ability to focus stronger, and it makes us way better at being able to tap those executive functions. Um, And when we don't know about that, we just are continuously challenged by by our inability to um, remember certain things, to get to working memory, and we have to remember we have to remember how how big this is, because these are the challenges that hinder ADDers, especially when we're trying to move up in an organization or we're trying to set a pattern right of success and showing you know what our unique contribution can be. So it's all about that dopamine, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and. And you know some things I think too about um, about executive function here that go deeper. Yeah, and actually, I, I like to um, quote something that I found on socialthinking.com, and this is um, according to Michelle Garcia Winner, who says the way she defines executive functioning. Because if you talk to any ADHD coach, any any uh, you know professionals in the field of brain, they will always say it's an executive functioning deficit or a disorder. Well, what the heck is executive functioning? So according to socialthinking.com, it's executive functioning means to have a goal, to think about how to achieve that goal, to create an action plan, to get to the goal, and to self-regulate behaviors and emotions to carry out the goal. Now, the important part here I want to emphasis is some of us who have naturally intuitively found out how to you know work with our brain we can do we can manage our executive functioning so it's not i don't like to say it's a disorder but knowing how to manage it so it doesn't you know become your worst enemy now if it's not managed effectively if you don't have the right tools the right support system and in high times of stress and uncertainty like right now mm-hmm. executive com- functioning can can really impact us in a negative way of not knowing how to manage it yeah yeah you know i so agree and i think it's fascinating too that as you said right now how many of your and my add clients will will jokingly say now the whole world knows what add feels like (laughs) right yes yes absolutely (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah um it gives us all a level playing field i think in a in an in a we're all in this together kind of way that helps us see that when we're strategic about uh, the neurodiversity of our talent, right, in the organization, when we're tuned into that difference, then we can avoid or the thing, the traps that an organization falls into. When we don't pay attention to it, we can, an organization can quickly become home to groupthink, petty internal politics, right, everybody's least favorite sport. And I think sleep inducing culture of pure apathy just. Why, you know, why try? 
And, and of course, you and I, you know, we care a lot having come from corporate about wanting organizations to really be able to see those rewards of what happens when we're able to tap that, that brilliance of ADHD, uh, just really do that well. Um, so in my, in my experience too, when leaders do get that, um, then you, you get to replace those myths that are just inaccurate and kind of old world, but you replace that, you know, really with energy and connecting people up so that they get, they build trust around also being different. Um, and in fact, I'll look at my notes now too, just to be sure. Uh, some of the neuroscience, most of what we work with today is just from the last two decades. So neuroscience breakthroughs in that time help us really separate fact from fiction. We, we don't have to guess anymore about, is it real? It's real. <laughs> it's a fact. It's real. And I think it, it really sets up the, the skilled leader to be wise and compassionate and able to optimi optimize their, their talents contribution. And especially to do that with folks with ADHD. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I, and we see that in, 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 uh, you know, some enterprises that are already doing that, uh, SAP, um, EY recently, I, I saw an article that what they right. did with, with, uh, embracing a neurodiversity team and coming up with a new solution. So kudos to them for, uh, mm -hmm. opening up these, these new, uh, ways of doing, uh, work together and collaborative thinking and so forth. So as you're watching this episode, uh, there are going to be more episodes to come from Sherry and I. We're delighted to be sharing our research, our findings, our experiences with our clients and our um, corporations that we work with. Uh, my question to you is two things. If you're an individual with ADHD, how have you been able to work with your ADHD in, in the workplace? And what kind of support has been um, that shift for you to really tap into your inner genius? And if you are a leader, who has diverse, um, a neurodiverse uh, group of people in your team, what steps have you taken to really create that inclusion of the mind and bring these people together to really uh, benefit the entire organization? So we want to hear from you. Please um, tag someone in, in the comments below that you think has a story to tell us. Uh, do comment yourself. If you have any questions, drop them into the comment section and we'd be more than happy to answer all of your questions. Thank you for joining us in this episode.